Today on Peeling the Onion podcast, we are talking about weird stuff that works from Mayan massage to vaginal steaming to red light, all kinds of things. So join us for today's episode. We think it's going to be a good one. Welcome to Peeling the Onion podcast with Cheryl Passwater and Nancy Campbell. Join us in a range of experts as we explore the layers of physical, mental, and spiritual health and talk through ideas for how we can support your wellness journey. Let's jump in and peel the onion. <laughs> hey, Nancy. Hey, how's it going? It's good. Happy Friday. I know. Gosh, yeah. When we're recording this, it's literally the brink of the start of school, you know, holiday break over here in my world. And uh, we're entering the last two weeks of the year. It's exciting. Of 2021. Yeah, really. I know. Yeah, the year. You know, it's it crazy. Is, it's crazy. Wild. Mm-hmm. But it's Friday or Friday, and we've made it <laughs> once another weekend. I just came from the chiropractor. Awesome. So, you know, power on, nervous system intact. Good. Yes. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I've been getting regular adjustments every week lately. And, uh, you know, I, it's good. I used to go when I needed like d- deep repair, and now I'm just in a, preventative maintenance <laughs> kind of status, which helps a lot. And, uh, you know, I used to actually think the chiropractic was kind of weird and like way out there. And for the longest time was like, yeah, whatever. Everybody says like, once you start going to the chiropractor, then you can never stop. So it just felt like a, like a gimmick and a hoax. And I have to say, I've been converted. I, I love a chiropractor. Like I have mad respect for chiropractors, but you know what? I think add to that, there are good chiropractors and there's some not so good chiropractors out there. You really do have to find like good chiropractors who really, you know, know, I mean, I want to say know what they're doing and they all know what they're doing, but like really, I don't know. It's like, it's like, it's like having foreplay before you like get adjusted or something like, you know, (laughs) like stretching, some light touching, like, but once you find a great chiropractor, like they really do get to know your body mm-hmm. yes. and want to be adjusted. Like my neck just really adjusts well being like prone face down on a table. Mm-hmm. And once my chiropractor, when I moved sort of finally, like I kind of kept asking for it. And then, you know, he started doing it a little bit more and now it's just like, boom, like every mm. single time. And it's just, he's nice. just like, wow, your body just, you adjust. Yeah. And I'm like, I do. And, and it's, Chiropractic has changed my life. I kind of, I constantly joke that I'm going to be, go to chiropractic school after functional medicine school, <laughs> you know, because yeah. you know, yeah. why like, why not? You'd be like a wicked integrative health badass at that point, for sure. All um, the things. All, all right. the things. <laughs> well, yes. Let's yeah. not discredit your badassness for We're the moment badass. at the, yes. <laughs> Um, you're just adding, you're adding some badass badges, let's just say, as you complete this training that you're in the middle of. And speaking of which we are wrapping up this season of our very first season of our very first podcast. And we decided to wrap it up this week with weird stuff that works Or at least we're kind of weird as in quotes, because, you know, what's weird to you is not always weird to me. And what's weird to her is not weird to him. But for some people, what we're going to talk about today is completely trippy and way out of their comfort zone. And for other people, they're like, yeah, whatever. I was doing that. I was doing that 10 years ago. (laughs) So (laughs) might get a little bit goes along. It might get a little weird as it goes along. So hang with us as we take a little deep dive here into our list of weird stuff that works. And so what I wanted to, before before we started to record today, you and I kind of clumped our coverage into four main categories. And so I want to, I'm going to read those out. Okay. So we can all kind of like have a sense for where we're headed today. The first category is breathing and breath, like using our breath, regulating our breath and breath work. The second is mantras. The third is 
your Cheryl's nighttime hacks. We're going to deep dive into some research that you've been implementing and has really worked for you. And last but not least, the giant uh, category of body work. And man, is there some, you know, there's some kind of crazy body work out there. And for some people, chiropractic falls in that category. So we've, we've already touched on it. Is there anything else that I've missed or do, do we need to inject anything here? I say, let's get woo woo. Okay. All right. I'm ready. <laughs> yes. All right. So we are, let, let's start with breathing. So our first category is breathing. And sorry, if you hear some noise in the background, that's just stuff happening on in my house. Sorry. Uh, but Anyway, so breathing, like under the category of breathing, the first thing that we wanted to to jump into is the institution that you've discovered around mouth taping. Now, okay, (laughs) when you told me and you sent me pictures of freaking tape over your mouth before bed, I thought, oh my God, this girl has gone off the deep end, but you swear by it. So please tell us more. I do swear by it. I know a lot of people (laughs) think I have got, and then I documented my like mouth taping journey. Instagram and I'm still mouth taping months later. Um, you know, I got interested in actually mouth taping was recommended to me by another practitioner because I am somebody who struggles with high antibody counts like Hashimoto's and I'm a grinder. I wear like a night guard and mm-hmm. I was having some, like if I roll on my backs and snoring, I'm always a little congested. I always have a little bit of a hard time. Like, I mean, I'm a hard sleeper, but I was like sort of waking up a lot or like having just kind of like respiratory sort of other. Mm. So there were just a lot of things. And I was like, you know, I do, I am a mouth breather and I've always been a mouth breather. And when I kind of thought about it, I was like, wow, I've been a mouth breather since I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And you know, yeah. and I too, you know, put it in perspective, when we struggle with things like whether it's allergies or environmental things, EMFs actually can make us more congested, all kinds of different stuff. We will mouth breathe if we don't have optimal CO2. So, you know, my own journey, I'm struggling with mycotoxins and, and those eat up your CO2, which makes it a little harder for you to be getting as much oxygen and oxygenation into your blood. And then if you're congested, you're just hoofing out your mouth all the time. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was, yes, I was intrigued by this whole mouth taping thing, but then I read a book called oxygen advantage and did their online program. Mm-hmm. And then I read James Nestor's book, breathe also. And that was, you know, they both were really interesting reads as far as the science behind mouth taping and really this idea that when you are not breathing properly through your nose and fully oxygenating your body, your body is in a, um, a sympathetic stress state. And so you don't sleep as well. Your body heals at night, right? That's mm-hmm. when our body regenerates. And so when you are in that stress state while you're sleeping, you're not healing. And so mouth taping is about getting into a parasympathetic state, of relaxation. And they've seen a lot of really amazing science with people who snore, people who are, have sleep apnea Mm -hmm. and so forth. And so, yes, I went on my mission to mouth tape, which was pretty funny. I started out with some more formal mouth tape that came off a little easier and had like a little tiny hole in the middle just because, and it, and it does feel counterintuitive. So like I did my first one, I did a nap with my wife at home so that right. like, I wasn't going to die, you know? Like, Hey, by the way, I'm going to lay down. If I'm blue, will you, will you rip the tape off? Just check on me every 15 minutes. Like, you know, like, right. I don't know, you know, whatever. But, and then I started taping at night and it was interesting. Cause at, at first, like the few first few times in my sleep, I would take it off at night. And I actually started without mm. my night guard. Um, because it was just too many mouthy things. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, and once I got used to it, I eventually moved over to just like paper 3M tape. Mm-hmm. And what mm-hmm. I do is um, I bend a little edge in so that, because it's really sticky, if you don't bend a little edge in, so you have like a little tab, it's hard to get it off. Ooh. Right. Um, totally. And it's, it's strong. Just, you know, mm-hmm. if you pull your lips together, you can tape around the outside of your lips. 
Mm-hmm. So you have like, you can actually talk, but it kind of helps keep things closed a little bit more. And right. that's what I started doing when I started wearing my night guard again. And for my grinding, mm-hmm. I would put that in my, and then I would tape around until I got used to it. Now I can wear a night guard and I can just tape right over my lips, but I sleep so much better. I don't wake up having to pee. Mm-hmm. I'm not tossing and turning. Oh my gosh. I mean, I sleep so much deeper. I feel mm. way more rested. And actually my thyroid antibodies dropped about a hundred points. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mouth taping. So there you have that. Wow. Yeah. It's so, it's so incredible. I know you're doing a lot of work right now to address your thyroid antibodies and to, to help, you know, heal the autoimmune and like inflammation that's in your body. And I think the key point to what you've said is that, the body needs to know that it's okay to work on the things that are not related to just basic survival, which is what happens when we're in that really stressed state. Right. And we can talk about that. And and I think we will in a, a later episode, but the idea that like our body doesn't distinguish between always the saber tooth tiger, a bus barreling at us down the street or the fact that we're under a, a lot of chronic stress and that we bring that to bed. So I think too, it, for me, it kind of brought to the surface, like I knew I was sort of a weak breather, I guess, in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I started to realize was once I started to get stronger at it, you start to realize how much your mouth breathing during the day. Yeah. Totally. Or like sitting around and like your mouth's hanging open or like even at things like the gym. So now when I do very light moderate, like very light exercise, depending on what it is. Mm-hmm. I will tape a little bit in the middle of my mouth while I'm working out. So I don't tape my whole mouth just a little bit. So I can still get ox- like oxygen through my mouth. Cause you know, you're working out. So sometimes you do need that right. mouth there, but it's right. training me to breathe through my nose more. So yeah. I notice even when I'm weight training or I'm at the gym mm-hmm. or doing things, it's pushing me to really be conscious of using yeah. and so- Mm-hmm. I was gonna yeah. say when we think about to we not all meditation practices use the nose as the main vehicle for breath, but a lot of them do, and it it is that state of calm that kind of barrels us into the benefits of meditation, which which have been proven medically to really support really support healing and and adjusting our entire nervous system and blood pressure and you know and supporting so many things. So this is awesome. I, I you're you're inspiring me though seriously to get my like uh, my cement mixer of a husband on mouth taping. He rolls and rolls and rolls, and I know he's just got a lot of disturbed sleep practices and. And yeah. even for myself, because I also have autoimmune issues and we'd love to see if that changes things. So thank you for taking the weird steps of mouth taping ahead of us all. <laughs> taking the weird everywhere I go. I was at my functional medicine school retreat this fall and my mm-hmm. friend and I were rooming together and she snores and she had warned me ahead of time. She's like, I snore. And I was like, do you want to? She was like, okay, give me the tape. I'm in. <laughs> and like, she taped the first night and she's like, did I snore? And I go, it was like a little bit of like a low purr on like mm. night one. And she was like, wow. By night two, I was like, girl, I heard nothing. You did not snore. I was like, if you think you snore, you just need to tape your face shut. <laughs> you know, <laughs> she taped the whole time. And she was like, wow. Okay. Like, I'm, I'm taping going forward. And I was like, yeah. Yeah. You're the mouth tape converter. I love it. You're like the, the evangelist out there. That's incredible. That's good. Yeah. Well, anyway, so I, yeah, maybe we'll do a, a follow-up episode to mouth taping after I run the experiment in my house. That sounds also great. Perfect stocking stuffer for those of you who celebrate. Oh. You still have time. And it's just a drugstore purchase, right? Or no, do we need to go on Amazon? You can go on Amazon too. I mean, we we love Amazon. We don't like to support them, but you know, you do what works for you. You know what I mean? (laughs) Amazon these days is sort of like akin to Googling. You know, we just like, and that's unfortunate, but it is uh, at least my reality right now. But thank you. Yeah, I mean, you you got to do sometimes you got to pick your battles. Speaking of breathing, Let's talk yes. about work. Oh, yes. Something that I so, found, fell madly in love with on a whole other level, probably. 
Yeah. Well, I was going to say, I, I, so you're the mouth tape expert. I would not call myself a holotropic breathwork expert, but I will say that I've done it three times and I did it in three different environments, both retreat settings, but all three of them were all retreat settings. But the first one was at the Kapalo Institute. I can, I never have a hard, I always have a hard time saying that word. And so that was, it was part of a weekend, like deep immersive. I mean, like hand over your cell phone, dive deep into your life. Like if you wanted to spend two years in therapy, great. Or you could just show up to this weekend and like deal with all of your demons in like one <laughs> fell swoop. And so like, myself. <laughs> right. So, and it kind of climaxes at this really intense holotropic breathwork session. And I think you know, so I'll describe it a little bit to give you a sense. So there are sitters and there are breathers. It is a partnership exercise. Now you, and in the, the Kripalu setting, there were so many more participants than there were instructors or people who could, who were sort of in, you know, running the program that we partnered up. And, and so and there were obviously experts and people there who had lots of experience there to observe us. But we were laid out on mats on, on our back, um, comfortable under a blanket so that we, our bodies were warm. And we just started to breathe really, really heavily through our mouth. Now, unlike the, the nose breathing, the mouth breathing is if you're flooding, you know, when we're gasping for breath, right? We're not gasping through our nose, we're gasping through our mouth. And so you were just taking in as much air as you possibly can in rapid, rapid succession. So it sounds like this, like, and so you're just, you're filling your body with all this oxygen and your body starts to feel like you're in rigor mortis. And so like your face, your toes start to curl and stiffen and your, your fingers, especially your hands and your whole body starts to, to like really get stiff. You even feel like numbing in your face. It's wild. And it's, it's really intense. And some of it can be really scary, but I will say that like, because I had been, a couple of things were set up well for this experience at Kripalu, which is what I think helped me get to the level that I did in the, in the session that we had been eating a super clean diet you know, not fasting, but just super, super minimal clean. So kind of like a cleanse. We've been doing deep emotional work all weekend. And then, you know, here I am on this floor and I'm just going to, I just, all these emotional things kept coming. And in the room, Cheryl, I mean, people are screaming, are laughing, are crying, are talking. I mean, it was, it was wild. <laughs> and if you, if I hadn't, if my body hadn't been totally just like charged with all this oxygen and I hadn't been completely overwhelmed, I would have thought like, get me the hell out of here. <laughs> like, I don't know what is going on, but let me assure you that like, by the time I got done with the session, my body was, I had sort of like, I gone through this crazy path. I had like, I could feel all this deep, deep, you know, some of some, some trauma, some deep emotional pain from my, my early adulthood, from my childhood. And then, and so then at the very end, like right as I'm about to finish, and I kid you not, this is going to sound completely woo woo, but if you believe in the chakras and you can see them being in alignment, you know, where all they're all in the various colors from your top of your head down to your groin and your toes, there was a beam of freaking light. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. Oh, I love the best. <laughs> yeah, it's going from the top of my head down the center of my body, out of my vagina, and out straight ahead of me. And I'm not kidding. I'm saying that is how it was, man. And if you're shocked by hearing that, it is true. I, it was amazing. And so I, I was allowed, you know, there's a lot of music playing during this. So they obviously, you know, by that point, there you know, they're grounding out the session. They're calming you down. They're bringing you down to like, ground level from wherever you've been. And so, it, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of research 
around, you know, especially lately in the use of psychedelics. Um, so, so the uses of psychedelics to help people process emotional pain. And I want to say if the idea of, a, of using a drug that otherwise, you know, seems like a, a narcotic to you feels too scary or too out of your belief system, or if you're sober, there is a really, this is a really great way to do it in a, to do this kind of deep work without and do a little bit of journeying actually in deep release. Cause to be honest with you and totally transparent, I've done both. I've done the therapeutic hallucinogenic, you know, path and I've done it. I've done the holotropic breath work. And I would say both are actually, both are different experiences have both led me to some deep healing. And the reason why I think, you know, you and I wanted to bring this up and talk about it is that, you know, so what does holotropic breathwork have to do with a healing journey and healing? And what is like, you know, having almost like this hallucinatory experience have to do with a healing journey? And I think to speak from my own experience, because by the way, I, I, mean, I did it after I left Capallo, I was so hooked. A friend of mine and I joined a session with a woman who we were living in New York city at the time. And we went out into the suburbs of New Jersey and did it there. Very different experience, but a lot of release. And then I did it at a, like a, a, a woman's retreat. And, um, and again, different, but a good release. And so the point I'm trying to make is our, you know, our wounds we all carry pain. We can carry intergenerational inter pain. We can carry pain from our from our childhood traumas that have occurred to us, and you know, and grief that is gets trapped in the body if we don't process it and release it. And I think you see that in organized religion through prayer and counseling and helping people move through. And, he, you know, even the, the evangelists, you know, they want to lay hands and do energy work and help people, you know, release this pain and come to Jesus. Well, this is very similar. And so what I wanted to stress is that in my healing journey, it was really powerful for me to like to, to just release some of the weight so that I could have the energy and the bandwidth and the perspective to really work on myself. Because I think the self-worth piece to this onion peeling is so important and critical. And if we don't, if we don't feel that we are worthy to get well, we don't think that we're worthy to take care of ourselves. We are not going to resolve those issues and those patterns are going to keep showing up. And some of that worth can be tied up in trauma and, and, uh, and experiences that we've had um, in our past. And so anyway, that's a long way of saying this whole of breath work is actually, a, you know, is way out there for a lot of people, but it's also really approachable, especially with a, ther a good therapist and a good, you know, program around it. Absolutely. So, well, and I think if we look at the history of, of ancestral living, we look at Ayurvedic medicine, we look at yoga, we look at all these mm -hmm. different things like breath work, breath work, breath work mm -hmm. is the key to all of them, which reminds me of two things. One is there's actually a really great book called The Power of Breathwork by Jennifer Patterson last year. And actually I met Jennifer in New York City through a friend who was going to her breathwork classes. And so I went to a few classes with her, especially I was at a building fire and then like mm -hmm. that was a trauma, right? Trauma yes. was a ways. You know, my grandmother right. passed away who I was very close with. That's a trauma, you know, and I spent some time going to breathwork sessions and sort of trauma release sessions, things like that happen. And so, uh, you know, I think it really speaks to the power of, and it doesn't matter if it's five minutes or 10 minutes, or you spend a whole weekend at a retreat doing it, you know? And so something I practice a lot on the regular is, um, four, four, seven breathing, and also something called the breath of fire, um, mm. breath of fire where your hands go up in the air and then you pull your elbows down to like hit your ribs. So okay. you bring your arms up and then you, mm. when you come to, out, so yes. it's, it almost feels like very like karate kid in a way. Um, but then mm. you get faster and faster and faster and 
you're punching mm-hmm. out your diaphragm as you do it. And so it's such a magical thing. And also I was going to say, when we're talking about psychedelics and microdosing and mm-hmm. you know, there's a really great book by Michael Pollan called How to Change Your Mind. Yes. And so much science going on about psychedelics, you know, mushrooms and microdosing and that, you know, naturally grown sort of state of which to free thyself, I guess, if you will. And so I love it. And I think we don't talk enough about you know, just trauma. It's like a cut is a trauma, you know, there's social trauma, there's political trauma, there's, there's so many things that are trauma. And I think a lot of people are traumatized after the last couple of years. So I think it just reminds us to take, take great care of ourselves and to be like checking in and getting, Mm -hmm. you know, optimal, all the things, including sleep. Yes. Yeah, well, and and the way to process some of that trauma and to quote unquote heal, right, both physically and mentally and spiritually is to do is is to do get some deep sleep. And so, you know, I'll bring it back to sleep. But I think, you know, the other thing to maybe wrap this on is that, yes, trauma, we all have have experienced traumas, but I think and we we have a hard time talking about it and and dealing with it, especially in, in different cultures. But if you were listening to this or you've been privy to a lot of the movements in the last two years, especially around Black Lives Matter and people who have been just so burdened by by our societies, take that trauma seriously. Don't let it fester. And if it feels physical, honor it and and move forward. So anyway, I just feel really strongly that's... And also like, it's a big reminder too, that, you know, healers are moderators or navigators, Mm. their support systems, but really our healing is within us. And if we like lean into that space of knowing that it's not always about money or other things like healing is within us. It's just what we choose to put into things, which leads me to. Yes. (laughs) Our next category. (laughs) So let's move on to mantras. And so you have said that, and I know you're working actively with with some clients right now. You have said in the past that you just love to attach mantras to a lot of things. Do you want to tell us more about that? So what do mantras do for you, Cheryl? I mean, I'm get, I'm, I'm confess, I'm a confessed mantra naysayer for most of my life. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I remember once I was working with a practitioner and she was like, you really need to start doing some mantras. And I was like, this is bullshit. (laughs) I was so mad. I was so mad. She made me this really long mantra. And she was just like, please start doing this mantra every day. And I was like, you have lost your freaking mind. I was so mad. I like, I would stare at it and I'd be like, not doing this today. <laughs> like, <laughs> totally like, this is so dumb. But then there became a point where I was like, okay, if you're this resistant, it really means you probably need to be doing this thing. And so it was something yeah. I started doing. And it's something that I still do today for myself. And, you know, as reminders to friends and loved ones or people who cross my path and in my clients. And I think it's just a good, they're good reminders. Mm-hmm. You know, and yeah. it's, it's you're going through a season of something in your life or a specific trial or you need something to help you get out of bed every day or whatever it is, you know, mm-hmm. I've, I found them to be really helpful and mantras don't have to be, you know, long or complicated or, you know, it might just be something as simple as like, I'm going to get up today knowing I'm awesome, you know, or like whatever it is, you know, and they, you know, as cheap, cheesy at times and woo-woo as they sound, you know, they, they do work, you know, and I think yeah. it, it really plays into that sense of like manifesting also, yeah. um, holding space and manifesting what you want to see happen in yourself or in the world or for others. Some people might call that prayer, you know, and things mm-hmm. of that. And so it's something that I've really come to sort of love and adore. And I'm really glad that I got out of that. This is stupid. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, it's, and we all do that. We're like, okay, whatever. But I I think your, your point is well taken. If there's, if there's a lot of resistance to it, it's probably something that you needed to like take a deeper look at. Yeah. You know, I'm with you too. I think the idea of just like some days just getting out of bed 
uh, feeling like, you know, we can hit, put our feet on the ground with some sense of purpose and, and meaning in our life is challenging. And yeah, there is a bit of just supporting our psyche to like, to stay motivated and to stay excited about taking the, just the next step. And so I, I have had mantras actually just along those lines, especially when making a hard decision, especially when I'm feeling overwhelmed, especially just to help me mitigate stress, which has been like, just take the next right step. The next right step is all is the only place I need to be. Well, I think a common thing that we see happen amongst clients and even ourselves, like we are practitioners, but that doesn't mean that we don't have our own crud. Um, we oh, do, yeah. And we've been there and we get it, which is like, go slow. Like we do not change the world overnight. We do not change ourselves overnight. And when we pick out too many changes at once, it's, they're not easy to um, implement and sort of, you know, keep, you know, kind of keep in place. And so it's a really great reminder for us to pick one or two things and start there and then yeah. give it a month and then maybe you add a couple more things, right? Right. When I was also going to say, you know, I, I operate a, a commercial kitchen and, you know, have a nice little crew right now. And, you know, our days can get busy. They can get hectic. Things can go awry as is, you know, the world of being in a, like in a, a commercial kitchen for sure. And we just have a mantra and this, I have to give credit and shout out to my kitchen manager, Libby, who's just, it's all good. It's all good. All is well, all is well, it's all going to be good, you know? And so we just have to kind of keep rolling with the punches. And sometimes there, there are moments where I just want to yell, it's not okay. <laughs> it's, not okay. <laughs> it's not good, but I, I don't, I try not to yell and, uh, and, but definitely, you know, taking a deep breath, realize that she's right. It's all going to be fine. There's, and there's a workaround. So I think, you know, mantras hit two major points to me, which is like, you know, the Bob Marley song, everything's going to be all right. Like it just sort of reminds you to stay in the groove, like all is well, regardless of what that mantra actually says, you're just reminding your nervous system that, Hey, you got this. And I think the mantras also hit in that self-worth corner that we were talking about around, you know, therapeutic breath work, which is just that like really deep, like if I am, I have to take care of myself first and foremost, put the oxygen mask on myself and know that, that I, I am worth healing, that I am worth getting better, that I am worth the time and money and energy it takes to do some of this stuff. So yeah. 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 Cool. One of the things we do at night in our house is at mm. the end of a stressful day, maybe you're feeling a little anxious, ruminating about the next day things is it's called chakra tuning, which is mm. a combination of breath work and humming based on <laughs> chakra points in the body. Again, something that I thought was going to be a little woo woo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it is it's, so awesome. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Well, we, we should post a link to your favorite chakra tuning because I, I have been trying to find the right one, frankly, on YouTube or somewhere to kind of help me guide me to kind of like a guided meditation. So take a look in the show notes and we will provide something that that maybe you can follow along to There's a little like nudge easy to do. I mean, yes. if you're in a coma, I'm out five minutes <laughs> in bed and I'm like, that's good well actually though it's actually a really good segue because our next category of weird stuff that works is a whole segment on your nighttime hacks so you were chakra tuning it sounds like <laughs> you were surrounded yes chakra tuning you're surrounded by baby light bulbs you have taped your mouth shut and you were wearing blue blockers. So tell us what this is about, please. And I'm taking my magnesium. I'm good to go. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you should like, you should sell a kit. But yes, no, tell us, tell, so elaborate. What the heck are baby light bulbs do? Like, are they, they, they like the little like night light bulbs? What, what are you talking about? They are just Whatever. light bulbs that don't have blue light. Blue light disrupts oh. our sleep. 
It creates headaches. It can do a lot of different things, but it really depletes our system. And so something that I have blue blockers in my glasses, like the, my regular glasses kind of built in, but you know, something that we've done in our house is gotten what are called baby light bulbs. And there's a company called Huga that does okay. them. There are other companies, but they're just light bulbs that tend to be more of like a yellowish red and they don't have any blue light in them. And so we don't have them necessarily in our whole house. Um, but what okay. we have them in is in our upstairs hallway and our bedrooms. Nice. And so our, and, you know, the end lamps on the end of our tables, you know, next to our bed, they're okay. great because they're bright enough that you can still read by read, you know, by okay. them at night. But what it is, is really, there's such, it's been such a game changer, just getting blue light out of your sleep zone, you know, a couple hours before bed, ideally, but even, you know, an hour before bed, like there's something to be said about setting yourself up for great rest. And so I think that looks kind of fun because when you walk up to like the outside of our house, if like the blinds are open, you can just see this like orange red light <laughs> out of our bedroom. But it's like, what is it? Is it alien? Is it this? Is it that? Is it what is it? But I, you know, it's, there's something really calming about them and yeah. you really feel a difference. It's like, if you turn on like the regular light, it's like, oh, the assault. Mm-hmm. Like, why mm-hmm. would you do that? Totally. Um, but the end, the end table, it's perfect. And it's so funny, even in the evening, sometimes I'll come in our bedroom and our, our cat will be balled up in all the blankets on our bed and like passed out the, the red lights on and like we don't Aww. have we sort of emf proofed our bedroom as well as much as we can and i'm just like, i think she just knows it's like it's the chill zone like yes oh koji has a has the the antenna she knows where to go <laughs> yes i love um, it yeah blue light you know and also those light bulbs it's like they're a cheap hack Mm, you know, not totally. everything has to be an expensive hack. It can just be like, well, what is, you know, cost effective? Same thing with blue blocking glasses. Now there are mm-hmm. the cruddy $10 ones that you're going to try to get on like, you know, Amazon or some you know, random place. Those aren't, those right. aren't most ideal situation, but you know, even Warby Parker puts blue blockers and glasses. Now you can, you know, there's a bunch of other companies online where you can, I think it's called uh, Gilded, which is one of the companies recommended by Luke Story. It has company, you know, there's a lot of actually good companies mm-hmm. out there that, you know, it's like, especially if you work into the evenings, I teach a couple nights a week. So I wear my blue blocking glasses when I'm teaching in the evenings, because I want to start that wind down time and my circadian rhythms to be in alignment. And I would say adding to that is making sure that you're going outside for the first thing in the morning and getting morning light. Mm-hmm. Our need those circadian rhythms. And it's also part of how we help beat some, like some of that seasonal affective disorder mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. as well. So it's been a ga- game changer for me, just wearing blue blocking, mm-hmm. having baby light bulbs and making sure that first thing in the morning, I go outside, I spend some time in the morning light. And, you know, even in the winter, I will sit in my backyard in the sun with as little clothing on as I can, like doing mm-hmm. exercises. Mm-hmm. Getting a little sun, like a little sun bath, yeah. a little vitamin D absorptive sun bath. It's good. Yeah. And I think for everybody who's not really sure what the heck blue light is and how it affects your sleep, and there's a ton of research on it. You can certainly dive deep into any of these companies, although obviously they're, they're selling a product, but it does, it can, our, our circadian rhythms are what naturally help us fall into a natural sleep cycle. And the blue light that's coming off of our TVs, our phones, our computers, every screen that we're staring at all the time can really have an effect to disrupt that rhythm, keeping us up later and disrupting our sleep. So anyway, so just, just as to summarize that quickly, I think I'm actually headed that way in terms of getting blue blocking glasses myself. I'm just trying to figure out, I think I'm trying to figure out what I want and how I want to use it. So I'm excited. I'm really excited. I mean, I, I, I have, I do work long hours, but I'm not always staring at like a, at a screen. So it's good to think about. Okay. So let's, let's dive into body work. We have a lot under body work that I think we can just like riff on right now. And I think you and I, you know, living in New York City for as long as we both did, my God, it's just full of all the bodywork options that you can imagine. Like if you, yes. <laughs> if it's weird, they've got it. If it's old, it's been around, you know, it's, 
you know, if it's new and experimental, it's there. So anyway, I've been pleasantly surprised. Virginia has offered um, me quite a lot of amazing bodywork options that I did not expect. And actually, can I talk about my shooting light experience that I had recently? Yes, let's start. Let's start with tuning forks. (laughs) Okay, so I see a body worker here who, when I was in New York City, I was doing some biodynamic cranial sacral therapy, which again, some people might consider a little woo woo. I had an amazing experience with it. My old roommate does it, and so I was having it. And then when I moved, I was looking for a new practitioner who did biodynamic cranial sacral therapy. So I was looking around. I found this woman near, kind of near me, actually where I live. And she does massage, biodynamic cranial sacral therapy, Reiki, which is energy work, but she also does sound therapy and tuning forks. And so I've been seeing her since I moved, you know, basically a year ago, I've seen her pretty consistently and I've had work on some injuries and like places where I've had surgeries in the past. So mm. I had a foot surgery and a knee surgery. And so she's actually done a lot of improvements so on mobility and some other mm. things through that. And so pause, pause real, real quick. So when I think of cranial sacral, I think of somebody like massaging my head. Is that what they're doing? Or are they, are they dealing with other, are they, and, and are they touching you? Is this practitioner physically touching you and giving There's you like a massage? Of cranial sacral therapy, where I believe they kind of move the bones in your head mm-hmm. um, or hold your head, kind of like what you're saying. There are other kinds where they will find blockages. I would say similar to, in, in theory, kind of similar to like an acupuncture where they are finding mm. blocks within the energy system, parts of the body, but sometimes that's muscular, muscular or skeletal. So they will work and hold in other places um, of the body. And I've had moments mm-hmm. in, in cranial sacral therapy where I can feel the where everything is blocked. And then I'll just be breathing and laying there and resting mm-hmm. and letting the thing happen. And all of a sudden I'll feel the energy flow. Mm, and I where I can feel them like flowing, like back mm. forth, like they're supposed to, um, which is pretty cool. I'm very body tuned in to mm-hmm. some of that stuff. So recognize that everybody's experience with this is a little bit different and how your body responds. Um, sometimes as you do it more, you become more in tune with your body and then you may have a different experience. But recently I was seeing my body worker here and I was having some work done. And I decided to have a little trauma work done and she's used tuning forks on me a couple other times on some injuries and things. And I don't even totally hundred percent understand the science of how they work because they are based on astrology, astrology. So like difference, which is kind of interesting, but also meridian lines of various things. And I had, she was doing body work and I had fallen asleep because I have a tendency to just the minute my body's going into some kind of deep work or even trauma work mm-hmm. um, or deep injury work, my body just shuts off. It's just mm. like, nope, go to sleep, mm-hmm. let them do the thing. And it's really interesting, yeah. to me, but I'd fallen asleep and, and I was pretty asleep. And so mm. I was asleep, you know, and I was aware that like she was there, but I snoozing <laughs> and she had done tuning forks on the bottoms of both of my feet. I'm mm-hmm. on two points that she had told me about. And then I fell asleep and then I don't know how long it had been because I was that, I was had that asleep. And all of a sudden I woke up, like woke up because like jolted kind of woke up because mm-hmm. I felt and saw in my right foot, I felt this surge of energy and it shot up my right foot of my right leg all the way up the middle of my body and shot out the top of my head. And it, like it was like six or seven inches wide. And it felt like a, com- felt and looked like a comet of light. And wow. yeah, like literally, and it was like, boom, and it <laughs> blasted out of my head and I felt it and it woke me up. And, and she was like, did you feel that? <laughs> yeah. What was it? <laughs> I mean, it was just something she was like, it was just something very like deep, deeply seated Whoa. in your body. It was a, some, a trauma or a, something that was deeply rooted. And I was just was like, what? <laughs> I, I mean, it felt amazing. And I kind of, yeah. and I felt like, wow, like so much. Did you, know, you 
Yeah. Well, sorry, but did you feel like crying afterwards? Did you feel like, like having, doing a dance? Like how did, did you feel this relaxed? I'm a processor. So sometimes like my, it's like some people have these really immediate feelings that the other, I'm not as much like that. I'm a little bit more of like a things come in waves. I'm a, mm-hmm. I'm totally a Pisces. It's like, I'm thinking and then I'm <laughs> my thing. And then I'm second guessing the thing that I was already second guessing. A little bit. Like I have to be really careful with myself. <laughs> so check in, but no, I mean, it felt, it definitely felt like a load had lifted. And I think the physical act of it, like, I mean, it felt like a freaking like oh. rocket had like shot wow. through my body. But on one side, it was a, com- it was a comet though. It wasn't even a rocket. I mean, it felt more- <laughs> And was like the color of like what you think a comet is that you learned about like in second grade and <laughs> like shot out. I mean, I literally was like, I said, head still here. Like, like it was, you know. you've been blasted by Haley. Haley's comets con shot through straight through your body. That's amazing. Something happens, you know? Wow. Um, and so I think it's sort of it. interesting. It's like, I, you know, I believe when you go and you do work like that and you have sort of like a visceral experience, that it's really important to take some time after to Mm. sit in space with it. And you may figure out like what it is, or you may have a sense and you may not. In Mm -hmm. my case, I haven't really had like a specific thing, whatever it was, you know, and and I do have a sense of like, it was deeply rooted, deeply rooted, like, you know, so maybe in my organ system or something, but it was, it was fascinating. It was that's wild. That is so powerful. Yeah. And I, you know, it feels similar to my like beam of light going through my chakras, but I, but I didn't, it sure as hell wasn't a comet shooting from my foot. That's wild. I love it. Yeah. And I have not done a tuning for treatment. So yet again, Cheryl, you were leading, leaving the path for all of us. Um, <laughs> you know, though, I, I like trying new things. Like I'm pretty open-minded. Yeah. I've just had a lot of opportunity where things have kind of crossed my path. And so I'm just, I'm a little bit of like a, like, cool, let's try it. Like, let's see what yeah. happens. Why not? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> let's so, jump in. Um, most things I I'm will try. You. I'll try most things once. Yeah. So yeah. Well, and I, and the, go ahead. <laughs> I was just going to say really fast. I think too, with that, it really, the chakra work, the energy work, the breathing, right? Trauma work, all these things really sort of encapsulate together and Mm -hmm. then diagram with a lot of other practices, whether that is acupuncture or chiropractic Mm -hmm. or, you know, all these, you know, setting space, blue blocking, Mm -hmm. all the things, they all really overlap with each other. A hundred percent. If I could just, you know, rattle off the number of times that tears have been rolling down my face while I've been like on the acupuncture table, you know, there's just too many to count, frankly. And, and the way that I've actually traveled visually, it's been really the like, acupuncture dreams are wild. If you can get into that twilight sleep and really trust the medicine. So yeah. anyway, I'm with you. And I think it, it all, again, I'm going to say it for the third time. It goes back to just really honing in on that self-worth and self-care practice, which is so important. So I, want to say, I want to pick up on what you said that we should, that you will try anything once, which was my philosophy about colonics. Let's talk about colonics. Get it out, man. Better out than in. That's what I say. Get it out. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Well, that is the thing. So we, that is the spirit of a good colonic is certainly getting things out. So let's be clear. Colonic is, you know, stemmed from the word colon. It is a colon flush with ideally a gravity fed water system and a very well honed licensed practitioner. Yeah. This is not your everyday enema. This is not just a let's, you know, clean out the tush approach. This is a, a deep dive and where gallons of water end up traversing themselves up in and out of your colon. And with it goes a lot of exciting stuff. <laughs> poop, lots of poop, lots of waste. And what's fascinating, and, you know, for a lot of people, all sorts of residues of meals, meals that they've eaten, less a lot of undigested 
You're not. So, so let's just talk about, but before we go into like describing what you've seen on a colonic, which could really throw people off, don't turn us off yet. But the, it's just, it's a, it's a bidet for your colon. Think of it. It's nice and soothing and warm. And it's not, it's not the torturous thing in which many of us think it is. There's like, you know, one initial step that can be a little like, you got to, you gotta stay relaxed. <laughs> but other than that, it's it's great. It's actually yes. I enjoyed it way more than I thought I would. Well, what I was gonna say, let's <laughs> okay. I'm gonna back up a second. So why what is a so a clonic we we've established is like a cleansing of the colon. Why would we do a colonic? Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in for a little bit of digestive. Uh, fit, like your your digestive system and the physiology of it, which is to say that our largest organ system is our is the intestines, right? And so we, if you were to unfurl our the square footage covered by the large intestine and small intestine, it would basically cover a tennis court. That is a lot of square footage wrapped up in a very tightly and and not too tight, I would say, but a very well wrapped up tubing system that transports the food that nourishes us and keeps us alive. And so if that digestive system is, so the the small intestine is the area where we're going to absorb food and the large intestine is where we are going to uh, process waste and remove waste from our body. And so the colonic does not go as far as small intestine. It is truly just sweeping through the large intestine and helping us mitigate a backlog potentially of waste that are, if if our body is not efficiently able to remove waste, then the waste is a lot of waste is still sitting there and hanging out. So, and the reason why you and I know colonics well is because we both grappled with candida in our life. We've already talked about this. And I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, but were you recommended when you were dealing with, with candida, Cheryl, to also go get colonics? Is that how you started? I did not do it when I had candida. However, mm. when I was clearing parasites ah, yes. um, later on in H. pylori infection, mm. I did uh, quite a few of them for many weeks. I would go like once a week and, and help with the clearing, but I was also ki- doing a lot of killing. When you're killing the things, you have to bind those things and you have to get them out of the body. And so colonics right. are a really great way to do that. Yeah, totally. I mean, I think a lot of people who also, you know, are so IBS, you know, irritable bowel syndrome can show up as as really fast transit or diarrhea, or IBS can show up as lots of constipation. And I think that is one factor and lots of stress on the digestive system. And, and so th- that IBS, me, I struggling with IBS personally, and then, and then having candida is what propelled me into the colonic sphere. And I would just say that it is, you know, if you are looking, if someone has recommended to you to do a cleanse to, if someone has suggested that you start to sort of, you know, un what's the word I'm looking for, like unravel the patterns of constipation that you're dealing with. A colonic is not the first thing to do by any means. You don't want to do it when you're too blocked, but you definitely could do it towards the end of that process to sort of help mitigate it. I would also say what was introduced, I think it seemed new as I started to wrap up my tenure with colonic is to introduce a bath of probiotics at the very end of a session. And so I think if you can find a practitioner who's willing to do that, to sort of introduce good gut bacteria into the gut from a different direction than through your stomach could be really beneficial to helping you repopulate with a variety of bacteria that's going to help you be more successful in digestion and processing waste. Because those um, so, they are going to wash out everything bad and everything, you know, good. in the process. So it's yeah, a good, that's a great good reminder for everybody to populate, hydrate well. Yes, yes. I usually do like yeah. a green juice right after. Yes. 
Oh yeah, totally. And I, I would say if you also haven't, you know, listened to our episode with, with Dr. Dana Cohen about hydration and how important that is to kind of keeping the colon happy and, and uh, fluid for, I mean, but not too fluid, <laughs> but you want things to keep moving. Definitely check that out. But, but yeah, so it, it can be intense. It's a very personal experience. It can feel very intrusive. I think, you know, certainly you have to be comfortable with your body to a certain extent and get to know your practitioner a little bit and make sure that they walk you through everything that they're doing and talk through what you've been grappling with. I don't just jump on the table with anybody. I think it's, if that's your first time, it's, um, anyway, it can be kind of intense if you were to do that. I think we're going to wrap this up, but I think, do we want to jump in just to mention Maya massage and Yoni steams? (laughs) <laughs> and dry brushing, which are the last three things that we <laughs> yeah, let's do you know, it. just dropping that in. So jump in. Why don't you jump in with Yoni steam? So first Yoni steaming. Yes, Woo-hoo. it is what you think it is. Vaginal steaming. <laughs> you know, it's a, it's an old, old practice. And actually my wife is certified in Yoni steaming. Mm. So I've gotten to be the test dummy for quite a lot of steaming practicing in hours. So, you know, I have to say, like, it was one of these things where I was like, okay, like, again, I'll try anything once. Not skeptical. Like, Yoni steaming has a long history of being a really supportive modality post childbirth, through menstrual cycles, after periods, with hemorrhoids, things like vaginal trauma, rapes, things of that nature. And so it was something that my wife got really into. And I have to say, it is really relaxing. Like, yeah, it, it, I fell asleep. I did. I've only done one, but I have never felt so like, I wish I could have just been laying down. I mean, let, let's be clear. You were sitting basically on top of what looks like a little light portable toilet, wooden, but it, like it is a wooden box. A little wooden box, yes, that's filled with lovely herbs and it smells amazing. And you're tented over this thing filled with herbs that are basically like a tea. And there's just like this beautiful herb concoction. As we know that in through herbal medicine, that it's, the herbs can be so healing, but we don't necessarily have to ingest them and we don't necessarily have to apply them topically. Yeah. So their essences are, are able to come through the steam and really support in a non-invasive way. And man, it, it, it <laughs> I laughed the first like five minutes of the thing. Cause I was so uncomfortable. And then finally I just fell asleep. I was like, wow, this is amazing. I am. Yeah. I'm in heaven. Wow. <laughs> so. I sat down and I was like, huh. And then I kind of got comfortable, you know, you like do a little movement, you sort of, and then I was like, within like two, three minutes, I was like, wow, this is really, this is kind of nice. I mean, right? about it, like our nether regions are mm. in jeans and clothes and we work mm-hmm. out and like, let's all, like, we all get sweaty down there. Let's just, let's call yeah. this, call spade a spade. And <laughs> yep. it's like, wow, like, we don't think about like, like unclogging our pores or like opening, you know, this like, like opening toxins and like releasing them. It's like, think of it as like, if you go to infrared sauna or dry sauna or steam sauna, it's, it's a sauna for your puss. And, yep. you know, it's, Um, yeah it's great a lot of women around the world like they will vaginally steam women after childbirth for 30 40 days after the birth every day and what it does is it actually happens to discard of any like left behind you know debris and blood and then also it helps to heal the organs Mm -hmm. and move things back in place and help to tighten back the muscles Mm. And all that. So very cool. Right. Yeah. You know, it, it actually I had this beautiful vision as you were describing that, like as a nice way to relate to this, which is when, you know, you're all jammed up, your head's all jammed up with mucus, your lungs are all congested, your chest is congested. And what do people say? Like you get your head over a pot of water, you steam it out. Yeah. Heat. And even maybe a little peppermint or some eucalyptus or something to sort of help loosen things up. And so it's the same idea, man. It's just the, the opposite side, the opposite side of the body. So yeah. Align with Chinese medicine, right? Yeah. Like if your body is in a state of excess heat and infection, something's happening, Mm -hmm. you're inflamed, you want cooling herbs, 
or modalities to bring the body into a place of homeostasis. And when you are in the opposite, then you want the warming things. And so it's, it's really fun because again, ways that we can kind of then diagram with all these other kind of modalities that we've been talking about. Yeah. Well, and that, you know, we have talked about what it means to like peel back this onion that is our health and, you know, and like rallying and having it, you know, building a team of practitioners around us. And, you know, so far we've just spent quite a bit of time rattling off all sorts of stuff that you and I have just experimented with and tried to see if that was going to land as a reliable methodology to help us, you know, on our journey. And I think that's true for everybody. Like these are a lot of ideas. I, we really, I really recommend going down the rabbit hole with some of these, if if they seem appealing or like they're, that might be a really good fit for your healing process and give it a try. Like Cheryl, just, I'll try anything once. Let's see how it goes. So last but not least, let's, let's just hit. So on Mayan massage and dry brushes, and I'm just going to speak about Mayan Mayan massage really quickly because it actually relates to Yoni steams. I was actually getting Mayan massage, which is basically the, the massage, the, the specific massaging of the uterus and the you know and women's reproductive organs from the the abdomen in the back so from the outside of the body and one thing that is not we also don't talk a lot about is you know what how scar tissue can come in it maybe if you ever had a, a hernia repair or some sort of uterine surgery i actually had several surgeries for fibroids um, that were growing on the outside of my uterus and so i had some scar tissue to deal with. Also, endometriosis can really have an effect on the, the fallopian tubes and the ovaries and the, and the uterus, and that can cause some, some tightening and congestion and scar tissue to form. And so what Mayan massage can do, just like a massage on your you know, wounded knee or your sore muscles, the uterus is a muscle. And if blood is not flowing and it is not relaxed and it is not able to, you know, to really, you know, be in a a place of homeostasis, it can be hard. Your periods can be difficult. You can be hard to get pregnant. You could also be carrying some trauma there, which we all know that body work can really help us release that trauma. And so anyway, my massage, as you might have guessed, is coming from the you know, ancient Mayan tradition and in supporting women as they got ready to bear children or if there were any injuries in the process of bearing children. And so I am not, I am definitely not an expert. If you want to know the history of Mayan massage or, you know, dive deeper into it, there's some really well-versed practitioners who've written, you know, really really great background stories and, and on the practice, but definitely look for somebody if you're interested in that work who is licensed and who can support you because it can also, again, be a very intimate experience. And so before we wrap up, do we want to jump into dry brushing just as a quick little, like, this is like the cheapest, easiest, like most, I mean, shockingly, lovely. It it sucks in the moment, but it feels great afterwards. So let's talk about what that, what what are we talking about? What is dry brushing? It's using a dry brush that you can get at any kind of health food store or food co-op or wherever. And they're sort of softer bristles and you basically scrape away the dead skin and debris and it stimulates the immune system, but you stroke in like strokes that are supposed to go like, you know, downward or upward towards the heart towards the heart. Yes. And it stimulates immunity. It helps get rid of dead skin. So you can formulate healthy new skin. And Mm -hmm. usually you would do it, you know, before you jump in the shower and Mm -hmm. enjoy the effects. You're right. It's very scratchy. It doesn't, Mm -hmm. it doesn't hurt. It just feels like a little weird. Yeah. Yeah. I would say actually, you know, the lymphatic system gets stimulated as we invigorate the late, you know, our nerves underneath the skin, we're invigorating our lymphatic system, which is just going to move lymph and help us drain and help us stimulate a way of detox. And and so, yeah, and, and man, like, you know, there, there, there are people who, you know, hardcore believe in like a cold plunge in the morning, you know, mm-hmm. you know, if you don't, if you're not, you know, able to afford a big, deep cold plunge pool in your house, a cold shower is always good. But what I would suggest is actually just getting, it's a really big head. There's a 
big brush head. It's not like a little toothbrush and it's not like a hairbrush. It's actually like, like, you know, maybe the size of like a dog brush or like a horse brush. And typically they're, they're, you know, the bristles are made of a natural fiber and, and there's a, it's made of wood. It's backed by a piece of wood and there's a handle, a long handle, or even just a thing that you slide your, your, a piece of rope or something that you might slide your hand into and you just in circular motions towards your heart or in stroking motions towards your heart, you start at you know, your hands and your wrist and move up towards your heart, start at your feet and your ankles and move up towards your heart. And I mean, seriously, if you can get the front of your legs, back of your legs, your buttocks, your back, your stomach, you know what, once you get past the like first shock of being literally brushed <laughs> first thing in the morning, hard. No, you don't want to do it super hard, but sometimes like if you're sensitive or just still asleep, it kind of, you know, it's one of those things like, oh, really do I have to do this? But it feels really good. It feels really, really good. And it's very affordable. And it actually like, it's a really great way to feel like a bit of energy. It's really hard to explain, but you do feel like really energized after it. Um, don't don't dry brush areas if you have outbreaks of eczema or psoriasis sure. or of delicate, you know, tender skin, skip those areas. But yes. Otherwise, yeah, it's an amazing, it's amazing practice. So Nancy, question for you. Yes. Yes. What's one thing, one weird thing that you're going to try in 2022? You know what? I think, I truly think it's going to be mouth taping. I think I'm headed that way, girl. I think you've converted me. <laughs> All the way, man. I think All the way. It's happening. I've been interested in getting into cold plunging and I actually know somebody who teaches, it's sort of like next level breath work um, along with the mouth taping oxygen advantage kind of um, Mm. thing and being really great for autoimmunity and other stuff. So I think cold plunging may be my next, I do a lot of red sauna and uh, sweat, but I'm like, I'm thinking cold plunging my next you know, they, people swear by it in this, even just from a cardiovascular standpoint, yeah. even just from a sheer, just like shock the heart a little bit, give it a little jump start. Yeah. Right. And short spurts of stress are good for us, totally. and, you know, which is the other thing. So it's also about like, how can you go through short spurts of stress and be in that parasympathetic state that we talked about earlier, breathing and calming the body naturally. So mind, a little bit of mind over, over matter, Wim Hof, uh, for those of you who <laughs> you know, about like the Wim Hof method and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. um, yes. we hope you guys will try something new and amazing in the new year. Weird or not so weird. Yeah, totally. And if you, if you get inspired and want to tag us on Instagram at peeling the onion podcast, we would love it. Share us, share with us what kind of weird and amazing things that you are going to try in 2022. And, you know, you will probably be listening to this episode in 2022. So as you, as we all venture into a new year, um, stick with us, hang with us. We're going to have a second season on the way and uh, we're thrilled that you joined us this far. And you can catch our website at peelingtheonion.com. You can tag us in your posts on Instagram um, and we will share them out to the world. Show us the things that you guys are doing. And until next time, we hope that you will keep peeling the onion. All right, rock on. Bye. Bye. You have just finished another episode of Peeling the Onion podcast. Music is by Greg Dijazu. You can also stay in touch with us over Instagram at Peeling the Onion Podcast and on our website at PeelingTheOnionPodcast.com. We would love to receive your feedback on Apple Podcasts and YouTube. Keep peeling back the onion.